Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Young Conductors Podcast. We are your hosts, Sean and Cole, two conductors on a mission to encourage, educate, and inspire young conductor teachers. Welcome. This is a very special episode because this is the first time that we are together in person for this episode. I mean, we spent like six years of our lives together right. every then, single day. And then we didn't. And then we did For two years. Wait. One and a half. One and a half years. Yeah. And then now... Um, a reunion. Yeah. <laughs> of sorts. Um, so yeah, we're based right now in Parkersburg, West Virginia, which is where I live and I'm from. And um, Sean came down to visit and we thought, why not make an episode out of this? Yeah. So um, today's topic is going to be um, choosing grad school, preparing for grad school, the choosing a grad question. school, grad school in general, um, which was kind of a really important decision for both of us, mm-hmm. if you agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why you wouldn't, but <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty important. Yeah. And so we've gotten some feedback for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gotten some feedback from people wanting us to talk about this, and um, which is great because Sean and I had some people to rely on when we were going through the thing of the process of applying for grad school. But in some instances, I mean, I speak for myself. There's a lot of things that I just had to figure out on my own, and so yeah. a, a system that I used. Um, and so, and our our experiences look different. So we're excited to talk about that today. Yeah. So let's talk about choosing what to go to grad school for, which is a really important question. Sean and I are both, are we are both getting a master's degree in conducting. This is an orchestral focus, mine is a choral. Um, and on top of my graduate degree, I've also added on a music ed portion. Um, so excited to do that. But Sean, what led you to go to grad school in conducting? Yeah, so I think you and I both share the same thought process on you shouldn't just go to grad school just because right. you don't know what else to do. That's usually not, um, you know, a, a thing that you should do. But people do it, and it's okay. It's usually okay, but you shouldn't. Um, so I got my bachelor's in music education, and obviously I love teaching music. It's one of my passions. But ultimately, I wanted to to do something else. I wanted to go into conducting and try to make it into the professional world. Um, and I was told by many colleagues and teachers that the way to do that is to go to grad school, get a master's in conducting. That, that's where you'll get a lot of video and you know, you'll get help for, for whatever it is that you need. So that was my big, big reason for pursuing a master's in conducting. No, I feel the same way. I think that Sean and I were both very <laughs> ambitious as undergrads and we were taking conducting lessons and we were having these conducting opportunities given to us by our mentorism and it seemed to me that I really wanted to fine-tune those skills yeah um, so skills being for conducting degree I wanted to fine-tune my gesture I wanted to um, fine-tune my rehearsal techniques and how I would I don't know portray myself on a podium and and um, dive into more literature and score study and all of that stuff compiled into one degree. So that's why I chose to get a conducting degree versus another degree. Um, it's just two birds, one stone with the music ed thing, which I'm really excited that I could I could do that. And all it is is one extra semester. So that's that's really great. Um, and the people at Radford, where I go, have been very gracious and kind and willing to help me. But uh, yeah, no, Sean is right. You should, 
it, we say this, and you know, there's no judgment coming from this, but when you're deciding to go to grad school, you should really be purposeful about fine-tuning something. And I think Sean and I have talked about before, like the pyramid idea of getting degrees. So the bottom layer being your undergraduate, which can be broad, right? It could be um, music education, it could be performance, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you should start narrowing Starts your... focusing a little bit. Yeah, focusing. Yeah. Focusing your um, your passion and what you're wanting to pursue and in your career. That, sorry, this is like a little no. soapbox. I know Cole and I would sometimes get irritated in our undergrad. We're like, well, we should be learning this and we should be doing that. But ultimately... Like, yes, you're right. Your undergrad is a basis. You have to cover all of this stuff. So don't be discouraged if you're not, you know, learning something right at that moment that you want to be learning. Um, yeah. But I will say, this is, you know, off of that, um, throughout my graduate audition process, there was a lot of things that people were having me do that I did not learn. Right. My undergraduate yes. degree, which yeah, is difficult. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and we'll talk about I'll talk about that more yeah. of my experience in a little bit. But yeah, so focusing, thinking about the pyramid aspect, and so if a conducting degree is what you're wanting to do, that's great. We can talk about that, and share our own experiences, and hopefully give you some resources and some ideas. But <clears throat> I guess I'll share first. Um, I think my graduate audition and application process looked very different from Sean's, and yes. you'll find out why in a little bit. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I decided I want to get a conducting degree, and so then I went and I searched um, on the in the interwebs all of the best schools that I could uh, could look for, and um, from that I started looking at the conductors. I started watching videos of them. I kind of I don't want to say stalker, but I was like just look research. at everything yeah, about research. them. Yeah, did they have any published articles? Have they performed anywhere big? Um, who did they study from? It's all the questions that I'm trying to figure out. What does their gesture look like? Um, and I found that really important. And I also looked at their their education as a whole. What kind of degrees did they have? And also, going off of that, we Cole and I have so many friends who have applied for grad school and go to grad school, and we ask them, oh, well, what's, what's the teacher like? What are you going to be learning? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, what do you mean you don't know what the right. teacher is or what you're going to be doing? You're like, I don't know. I just applied and got accepted. It's like, okay. That's the going to grad school <laughs> just to go to grad school. Right. And yeah. You don't want to go to grad school because you don't know what to do next. You yeah. know, you should be very purposeful about that decision. And going to grad school, you're fine-tuning certain skills. And mm -hmm. so, yes, we've talked to a bunch of people who have said similar things like that. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I definitely researched everything about the schools. And then I decided to narrow it down to six. And so the senior, the, the summer, going into my senior year of my undergraduate degree, I had my list of six schools that I fine-tuned, and I reached out to all the professors, and I said, hey, would you be willing to chat for about 30 minutes on the phone? I have a list of questions I'd like to talk to you about um, regarding your conducting program. And so the list was, I can't remember everything on it, but there were questions like, what the, how much podium time am I getting? What kind of literature will I be able to study there, right? And the question was, is like, can I do more contemporary uh, choral pieces? Are you just going to have me do the standard, you're going to start Renaissance broke, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And someone told me that each semester I'm going to be conducting music from that time period, right? And that's the only type of music that I'm going to be doing. And I was like, uh, that's not what that's I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want to study that, and right. I think it's really important. Yeah. But, like, modern music is the reason why I fell in love with choir. And so, um, so yeah, it's questions like that. What kind of 
duties would my assistantship cover if I were to get an assistantship through your school? Um, what is your conducting philosophy? Um, all of these questions, I just asked them and they were willing to answer. And we had really good conversations. But I will say that from that, there were three schools that I was like, yeah, no thanks. I don't want to do that. That's, that's not a good fit for me. And I'm glad I did that because I would have rather done that sooner rather than later, you know? And so, yeah, I, find, I found my three schools. And um, from there, I started the application process and gathering all of these materials, which you'll do, and things like um, repertoire sheets, like your list of repertoire that you've conducted. I did both in lessons and um, like in performance. And then Sean and I gathered conducting videos, which, you know, have a ton. And then, um, yeah, is there anything that you want to talk about? Well, I was just going to, when you brought up, like, the repertoire list, I think it's completely fine to have, like, a studied list and then a performance yeah. list. And you can just combine both. I think that's that's great. That's what I do, yeah. at least. So. Yeah, because you're an undergrad, you know, like, how yeah. much conducting experience right. are you going to get? Yeah. You know, you're not going to, at that right. point in life, I don't think you would have conducted Mozart's Requiem right. as a whole, right? So it's like... Yeah, but you, you, you studied it and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you study portions from it and you're conducting lessons, it's good to put that down so yeah. that they know. Um, so yeah, um, I was very purposeful and very organized about this. Mostly because I have really bad anxiety sometimes <laughs> and it comes through in different ways. And um, I just wanted to be very sure of everything. Yeah. So I think I over-prepared too much so, but I'm glad that I did it in hindsight. So, yeah. And you found your perfect fit. Yeah, I did. So. I did. I'm very happy with my decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's keep going. So I started the application process. I had all my materials gathered, my references, my videos, my conducting philosophy, my, um, some of them, what was the paper that you had to write? Like a... Personal statement. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Personal statement. I my personal statement, right? And some of them are different per school. So you yeah. have to look at that ahead of time. Because I had friends that were also applying for grad school that pushed it off until last minute because everything was due in December. And then they were, you know, hurrying to find it, to fill everything out. And then they didn't realize that they needed to write a different personal statement yes. for that school, which became Every very hectic and frantic. Every school has a very different yes. process. There's definitely things that you can pull from different schools. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you should, you should look at that ahead of time. I actually went through the application and made a list of everything that I needed per school. Mm -hmm. And then once I got it, I checked it off. Like I said, multiple words. People are gonna need the same things different places. Yeah. yeah, and make sure make sure you check your dates. It's really important to get things in yes. early. This is, I mean, I need to take my own advice here with with due dates and everything. But it's definitely better to get it early rather than even just on time. Like if you submit it the day before, they might be looking at it and saying, "Well, this person kind of laid back and waited so long right. to to do this. So why should we accept them?" I'm not saying that people actually do that, but it's it's very possible yeah. that, that they do. And I think me reaching out to the professors, like started a, establishing a relationship with mm -hmm. them so that yeah. they knew that I was coming and they could expect from me and they were very helpful on the process. But um, yeah, so gathering application materials, usually college, if you're applying for the, the fall semester, everything is due the December mm -hmm. before that semester starts in the fall. So um, yeah, definitely look at and fine tune all those things, which you know, I think, those who are listening, you're probably like, yeah, I already like, know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good just to say it out loud, yes. um, just to check yourself. So, yeah, I applied. Um, it can be quite a bit of money. 
applying for grad yes. schools. <laughs> That's why I decided I wanted to only apply to three. Um, so yeah. Is there anything else you want to add about any of that before we move on? Um, for some reason, I'm thinking that there's some there's some type of like waiver that you can get if you need like for application fees. Oh yeah. That's something you'd have to check with your like financial aid people. I don't think I was eligible for that. Yeah. I wish I was. Yeah. My goodness. But yeah, if that's something you're eligible for, definitely look into because it can be pretty expensive, especially if you're applying for like more than one school. Yeah. It gets really expensive. And I will say the application process as a whole is not difficult. It's just time consuming. Mm -hmm. And there was some yeah. website, I can't remember what it was, but um, it's like a software or whatever. And two of the three schools used that, so it was easy for me to do that. Yeah. Like a lot of it was compatible. But the third school was like completely different. It was like an old program. I had to go in and fill everything out again. It was yeah. tedious. Once again, time consuming. <laughs> so definitely yes. pay attention to that. Um, and then once your applications are sent and you have all of your materials and whatnot, um, I also want to add a little pivot, a little point about the materials. Some schools will recommend for the pre-screening videos that uh, pre-screening means is that you're going to send your application through and you send pre-screen materials, which is whatever they ask for, um, but they can be very specific. And sometimes, like some schools, want to conducting videos from the past year. Nothing, nothing Over. before that. Yeah. Um, so I had to make new conducting videos within that year, and it was very certain guidelines. Some people wanted to see contrasting styles, right? So that means that I needed to have a lyrical piece and something more upbeat and quicker. Um, I've also one school asked for something in mixed meter, so I had to you know pay attention to that. And luckily, one of my pieces was um, oh, I'm going to butcher the name. But it's the piece Daemon. I think I wrote Daemon. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's very quick. It changes meter all the time. And so um, I, I used to. you singing it all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's good being a Rumi with yeah. a singer, I think. Um, <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. But uh, yeah, once again, just pay attention to that. I feel like, you know, maybe these things that we're saying, it's like, or that I'm saying, it's like, this is, can, you don't have to say this, but I right. just think it's good to, it's good to, to it point out. that out. Yeah. So you send your application away for and your pre-screening materials, and then you wait. And the waiting is like terrible, terrible. I have so much like anxiety. anxiety yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and you know, it, I think it was a little easier for Sean. I will say. Yes. And do you want to talk about your experience? About yeah. Why you think that? Sure. Good? If if you're if you're ready. We'll come back. We'll okay, come back. We'll to come back. Okay. So I think I've explained this before, but I stayed at the place that I did my, my bachelor's. I stayed there for my master's. Um, I can't remember if I talked about this in another video or not. I feel like I did. Maybe. But I don't remember. But anyways, um, I started with taking an independent study with our orchestra conductor. And you know I really liked his gesture. I liked the way he thought. I liked his rehearsal strategies. Pretty much everything I liked. Um, and he had mentioned that he had an assistantship opening up that next fall. And I was like, okay, perfect. But actually it wasn't fall because I had an extra semester, so I had a spring start. That's a whole other <laughs> fall game. Um, but he, he essentially offered that assistantship to me, and I was like, 
I mean, yeah, that would be perfect. And so that made my application and audition process a lot smoother. You already knew you were getting in. Yes, yeah. So what I did was I conducted a rehearsal with our orchestra, which I was already playing in. So that was less nerve-wracking because when you go to a school that you don't know, you don't know any of the people, you're standing up there in front of people you don't know. Yep. It's very intimidating. Um, <laughs> sorry, Cole. But, but yeah, that was that was my process. I still had to submit a video and everything, and then I had my live audition. That was the rehearsal with, uh, with the orchestra. Um, but you were already an independent study studio. Yeah, so, so you, you were doing stuff like that. And right, now we you just counted it as an audition, exactly. which was really nice. Really yes, nice. yes. So yeah, I didn't have to do like a separate, a separate thing or anything. I I still had. I'm pretty sure I had a personal statement. Uh, I had to send my resume. Um, I can't remember if we needed references or not. I feel like we did. Uh, so I still had to follow all that, like standard application stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was much much simpler for me. I think if I if I ever go on to to get a doctorate, I will take Cole's process. I've learned a lot from from how he uh, applied for grad school. So that's something I would yeah. I would take into account. And it's not a bad thing staying at the school you're at. Yeah. You know, I, I considered it as an option. And my mentor at our undergrad was like, yeah, you, you'll stay. I'll definitely gladly take yeah. you. But she told me, she was like, I want you to move on and do different things. Right. You know, and I think for me, it was an anxiety thing. I was just like, I'll just stay because it's easier. Yeah. You know, and like I'm afraid of rejection. And I'm afraid of putting myself out there and whatever. But yeah. she kind of pushed me that extra step because she basically was saying, I've taught you all that I can, you know, and I want you to grow and plant yourself somewhere else and bloom and, and learn new things from new people. Yeah. So I'm really glad that she pushed me to do that. Um, and yeah. she told me that if, at, at the end, like, if I apply for WVU and I want to stay, she's like, I'll gladly take you. Yeah. We'll have a good time. But Yeah, and the, for me, it was also life things that kind of kept me there, like, I had a girlfriend who was in grad school too, not at the same place, but she was kind of near there. And then I had just started that church job and mm -hmm. I didn't want to hang them high and dry and say, see you later. It's a so, good day. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was also some life things that kind of geared that that decision. And like Cole said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with staying in the same place. Um, also on those same lines, kind of, you mentioned assistantship earlier. Maybe we should talk a little bit about assistantships. I mean, basically all I want to say is try your hardest to find an assistantship because paying for graduate school is is insane. Yeah, I mean, most teachers, like I said, when I would ask those questions, they would tell me that they are assistantship. So nine times out of 10, you know, if you're going into, let's say a, a wind conducting program, they might have a band, uh, a wind, conducting graduate assistantship or teaching yeah. assistantship where that they are going to you know lead the freshman band or something like that they're going to help with conducting classes it's their person mm -hmm. so that's they're, they're not going to take usually they're not going to take like an oboe performance master student put them in that role right right so sometimes they have that already lined up for you and they're like yeah I definitely you're the only person applying or i really want you you can have that assistantship yeah. so but you should definitely ask about it because there are some people so there's a difference, we're now on this topic, 
thinking about assistantships, there's a graduate assistantship and there's a graduate teaching assistantship. And then at Radford, maybe WU, there's a graduate teaching fellowship. And so a GA versus a GTA are very simple. GA is mostly going to be like administrative duties, right? So I've met people who were GAs in the music library, and that's all that they do. So they handle the filing, the sorting, and all that for their school of music. That's their GA. Or maybe they print programs and help run whatever. The graduate teaching assistantship, which is what I wanted and what I preferred to have, is getting FaceTime with a group of people. So for my current assistantship, I um, help my mentor, who is director of choral activities, but also um, the choral music education professor. I, I'm her TA for the choral music ed classes and choirs. So I'm getting a lot of FaceTime and I'm getting to be a part of those things. Um, and I wanted that. I wanted yeah. that. I didn't want to work in a library. Not that that's bad. You know, I just wanted to utilize the skills that I was learning in this degree yeah. in front of people. And it's, it's great because I think we've talked before about you know, conductors, our instrument is our ensemble, is an ensemble. And we can practice in isolation till the cows come home, but we can never really fine tune our skills unless we are in front of people. Right. And so if I could do that, if I can get paid to do that, right, that's, that's a bonus, yeah. the payment. Um, but if I can do that um, within this degree program and have an ensemble ready for me to go, and that's just, it's a win-win, I feel. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, it's important to know the duties and make sure the duties kind of align with, with what you want to do. Um, for me, mine was just, I was the assistant conductor for our orchestra and I handled the music library stuff and writing in Boeing's. Um, I never taught the conducting class, but I sat in and observed and I played piano for the conducting class. Um, and there was talk of, of me giving lessons to some of the undergraduate students, but that never happened because we had a shift in teachers and everything. And yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so sorry, we're getting off track, but hopefully you're taking away from this. And I just want to add that if there is anything that we missed in talking about this or something that you're really curious about, and we have a bit more to talk about, but feel free to message us and, and contact us. If you go to our link tree, which is linked in our Instagram bio, um, there's a contact form. So if there's something specific that you'd like us to, to share Address. with you, just let, just let us know. We'll write you an email back and yeah. try to answer that question. But um, where were we last with our application? Oh, yeah, pre-screening stuff sent. The waiting period, which is terrible because there's two waiting periods in this, after pre-screening and before pre-screening. So if you get a yes, um, or if you get a no, that's like totally fine. You know, there might be different circumstances, mm -hmm. you know, something may have happened or whatever. But if you get a yes, your next step would be an in-person audition, which I feel is the most nerve-wracking out of everything. Right. And so, um, yeah, I remember that process. It was, I was nervous and excited and I went away and got a hotel room and visited the school and it's great because you can see everything live as it's happening mm -hmm. right you can visit the classes you can observe you can ask questions you can see all of that and one graduate audition that i did oh my gosh i just remember it was very intimidating there were like 10 of us showing up on campus to do this thing yeah and it was like a two-day process and the first day like i needed to be um there to like have some type of exam. It was like a literature exam. So what it was is it's like they, they put excerpts um, in a packet and you have to like go through and like name like the time period, who the composer is, um, 
all these questions that they have about these different expert ex excerpts and it was like very scary and very nerve-wracking because my knowledge on classical um or not classical but traditional choral music was like very small um and so i didn't i didn't feel like i did great in those now i wish i would have taken it where i am now because now i've had conversations with my graduate mentor about literature and we've gone through and talked about all these things specifically and I feel like I can do better in that setting now yeah. um, but I found it interesting that that same exam that was given to people applying for the master's degree was, was the same exam for doctoral students oh, yeah. so I told myself like you know maybe this is just okay. <laughs> yeah they're yeah. just trying to see where I'm at can I work with them or whatever right and then the next part of the audition I had to do a one-on-one um, -on -one uh, interview with the conducting faculty. So it was the DCA, the director of proactivities, and the assistant director of proactivities. And it was an interview, and they were just talking to me, wanted to get to know me. And then I needed to um, put up my uh, musicianship skills to the test. I had to sing in front of them. I had to, like, had to sight read. Um, it was very nerve wracking. I remember they opened up like a Baron Rider and put it in front of me. Yeah. Some Mozart or Beethoven, something. <laughs> Flip to a rampage, start here, end here, ready, go. And they like give me the starting note, and I had to go. And that's very nerve wracking. Yeah. Thankfully, this this audition in particular, I didn't have to do piano playing, but I did have to do that in another audition. And so, um, yeah, it's 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 kind of fun to be there. And I made actually a really good friend from this this particular audition. That I'm thinking about. We like connected just like this, and um, she's great. And I've seen her since, and we talked. We caught up at a. Yeah a conference but um yeah I would, I would say talking about an interview um try your best to make it as personal as as it can be like the people interviewing you nine times out of ten they don't want you to fail and they yeah. don't want it to be awkward or, or anything like that so just try your best to, to make it personal like you're talking to a friend yeah um and they did ask very specific questions like why do you want to go to grad school yeah why do you want to be a conductor? Yeah, that's the other thing. What Have led you to answers to those questions? Yeah. Like write those down and just write down your thoughts. It can't just be just I, I like grad conducting. school was next. Yeah. Or, yeah, conducting is fun. Conducting is cool. And like, it is fun and it is cool, but we have to think about diving into it just a yeah. tiny bit more. Yeah. And I think in an interview, I feel like that is where I soar. I can be a very personal person and I like um like connecting with people in that one on one settings and I feel like my extrovert comes out. I feel like I'm a mixture of extrovert and introvert. We yes. talked about that in a previous ex yeah. episode. But my extrovert comes out in those settings. Um, but, yeah, just be thinking about that little point. Um, and they're not there to, like, you know, stump you or to see you fail. They right. genuinely they, just want to get to yeah. know you. Are you a good fit for this program? Yeah. Can we see you excelling here, yes or no? Mm -hmm. um, and then the final part of that day was um, my teaching, conducting demonstration which was very nerve-wracking. And I remember this day in particular, so we had two groups of people, master's and doctoral, and the doctoral students actually sat in on the master's students and vice versa. So the doctoral students went first, and so I got to watch all four of their candidates come in, do the teaching, which was really great. I feel like it took this like burden off of me yeah. to see other people do it. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, all right, next choir. So I had to work with the undergraduate non-audition choir at the school. And I remember I was so nervous. And then they were like, oh, you're going first. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> and so um, 
yeah, and like I said, no other master students were in there, so which made me feel better. I didn't care about the doctoral people watching me. Right. It was a little nerve-wracking, but I didn't care. Uh, mostly because I feel like I'm competent in what I'm doing, and I'm not, I don't know, yeah. going to, like, fall flat on the floor or anything. Right. Um, but I remember in this teaching, I thought to myself, preparing for this, how can I walk away from this and people remember me? Mm-hmm. So the choir, how, how are those people going to remember? Because I thought maybe these conducting teachers are going to ask the choir afterwards, the next day, like, what did you think about so-and-so? And I wanted to leave an impression on them that really yeah. stuck. And so I, I did a, <laughs> I did a, um, oh, what's it called? Sorry, affirmation. That's what oh, it affirmation. <laughs> I, it's hard. It's a Friday. Um, <laughs> Yes, I had them do an affirmation with me. I made them stand up. I made them interact with each other. We did an affirmation, and which which is, and if anybody who's sung with me knows it, it's I'm alive, I'm awake, I'm happy to be here, and then sometimes I'll end with I'm ready to sing. And um, when they say I'm happy to be here, I said, great, I'm happy to be with you, here with you too. And um, I could just see like smiles across the room, you know, which is really yeah. great. And I, I wanted them to feel that personal connection versus me get up to the podium and be like, page five, let's go, starting notes, and no, I yeah. wasn't going to do that. I right. wanted to, them to get to see me shine through right. that. Um, so, and I would also say that the conducting teacher sent me the rep ahead of time, right? It wasn't like I'm showing up and working on it. It's two pieces that I was working on, but I didn't know what the choir was going to react or what they were going to mess up. So I had to go in thinking about every possible diagnosis that I could do. Yeah. Right? What if they mess up the rhythm? What if, oh, the sopranos are hitting a high A here. Are they going to be flat? Are they going to go be sharp? What can I do to help fix that? Um, is the diction going to be off? Like All these things I had to think about beforehand mm-hmm. and studying the score beforehand, going into it, I felt comfortable. And thankfully, there was something about the rhythm that was weird. And so I had them work on it. I think that there was some syncopation or a dotted rhythm that they couldn't get right and so I had them like snap and clap the rhythm and do all the things and then I fixed it and then we went on to something else in my allotted I don't know five minutes of that piece or whatever so it's it's nerve-wracking but I have to remind myself I had to remind myself that like this is what I'm wanting to do with the rest of my life yeah so it's not as nerve-wracking as I'm making it out to be right that makes sense um so yeah and then the next part was another wait. So after that was done, I had to wait again. Mm-hmm. And um, I got some really good offers. Um, but I also got a no. And I think that that was a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. Later on, I found out that they only took current students that they have had or mm-hmm. currently had. Yeah. So I feel a little better about that. Um, but that was that was a hard to get a re- rejection right. from someone. But thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, it was the the third school that I wanted to go to. Yeah. I got offers to the top two that I wanted to go to. And one was a really good school. Um, so I'm I'm really glad about that. Yeah, but, yeah always, always focus on finding a reason for them to like you. Yeah. And whether, whether that's your personality or your gesture or maybe just something silly that you say. Like it has to be memorable and they have to like you. I mean, nine times out of 10, I, I would say the actual ensemble, they're the ones that are probably judging you the most, yeah. not the actual people giving the audition. So they're probably saying they're thinking, oh, well, I can't believe that guy did that. It's so stupid. Like, they're the ones that are judging yeah. you. Um, so give them a reason to not not like you. Yeah. Or, I think that's yeah. good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, our pre-screening videos and stuff, like, you see us at our best, right? We fine-tune all those videos. You can see the perfect things of us doing whatever, or getting a certain idea or concept, or using a certain gesture or whatever. And I think it is really important to let them see that you're human. Yeah. And your personality. So, um, yeah. I, one teacher in my life told me that before a big audition or something like that, so maybe before that teaching, um, to take three deep breaths. And I think I did that. Um, and it really helped me like ground myself and establish myself. Um, and I knew that there's nothing else I could have done in that moment to prepare. There's not like, I couldn't change anything. Like what I was, where I was at at that moment is what they were going to get. And if they like it, great. If they didn't, that's okay. I have yeah. room for growth. And so I think it's nice to always think about a positive, um, growth mindset in those areas. Mm -hmm. Um, but sorry, we keep getting off topic. Um, I know I like to think in chronological order. That's the way my brain likes to work. Right. So we wait again for the official offer. Um, like I said, I got a no, and it was hard to swallow, but I got two yeses, and um, they were both really great offers. And now it's like choosing an offer, which I don't know if you remember, but it was really hard for me to like choose a specific offer Yeah. because both had very different um, options for me to choose from. And really what came down to it, because I knew no matter where I went, I was going to grow musically with my gesture and all that stuff. But what came down to it was the assistantship, duties, the um, podium time, and the amount that they were giving me for the assistantship. Um, and so, and the cost of living, which is another thing. Because um, one was in a really big city, um, which had a really big, uh, high um, cost of living. And so I, I would be spending like a thousand dollars a month on rent right. in that place versus. And it's especially 400. hard if you're giving up a full time job to go yeah. back to graduate school. You have to relocate yeah. too. You know it's expensive. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it was it was a really hard decision. And what came down to it were those those variables. And so, I realized that um, I went to a big school, so it's not like I needed to go to another big school. Um, but I wanted to go somewhere where I felt like I could get very personalized attention. Um, so where, where I, the other option have like 10 conducting, choral conducting grad students. And it's, that's a big cohort, you know, yeah. but where I am now, I'm the only choral conducting grad that's student. I so if I look at my <laughs> options, right, like, yes, I could be a part of a cohort and learn from each other and that's all great. But I get so much podium time mm -hmm. where I am now. I wouldn't have to like fight for it, not fight, really fight for it, but... Um, it wouldn't be harder to give that to yeah. me. And being where I am now, I've gotten tons of opportunities. I've been the musical director for um, a, a university musical before. Um, I've gotten to go be a judge for the governor's school of Virginia. Like all these things have popped up because of this this one opportunity. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful about that. But um, you'll decide what's right for you. But I also want to tell you that. Sorry. Sorry for the motorcycle. <laughs> I also want to tell you that um, it's okay to kind of barter a bit yeah. with your choices. Because there was one, both schools offered me the same amount of money per year. But I told you one had a higher cost of living, right? So I'm going to be spending more at this place on the same amount that I would be a cheaper place. And so I said, you know, this, I got another option. What can you do? And I was told by the graduate college at the more expensive school that that's that I got the highest assistantship offer possible. And then the DCA was like, let me talk and figure out. And then they offered me more money 
which I guess was, you know, unprecedented. Um, but when it came down to it, I looked up living costs and I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm going to be like scourging for like nuts in the streets or something because yeah. I'm not going to be able to afford to live that right. kind of lifestyle because I don't come from a background that I have my parents can pay for all that. I, I couldn't do that. So it's a little, it's a lot of difficult decisions because you're uprooting your life. A lot of some some people are uprooting their life and going to a whole new place yeah. um, to learn from somebody for two years, and it's a big decision to make. But I want to say, and I know I've done a lot of talking, and I'm sorry about that, but this decision is your decision, yes. and you're going to choose whatever is best for you. You know, I have people in my ears telling me their opinions, and even now, so like the school that I didn't go to, people are like, "Oh, did you hear they're doing this? Did you hear that? Great." Yeah, and don't don't be afraid to disappoint the teacher or whoever yeah. it is. They won't be disappointed. Yeah, they'll understand. Like yeah. you have other decisions. And... As long as you have your reasons. Yeah. You know, my teacher now, and I've talked about her so much. You know, if you've watched our episode when she was a guest, like episode two, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, two or three. Everything about her is amazing, and I feel very lucky. I I keep telling her this, but I feel very lucky to study with her. She's an amazing human. She's an amazing teacher. She's an amazing conductor. She's an amazing musician all around. Like, I am getting to learn from her. And I feel like her, her at Radford, I feel, is just a stepping stone at this point. I, I can see her going on to do big things. And I'm just very lucky that I get to to study under her. And mm -hmm. I feel very lucky about that. Um, so, so, yeah. Um, do you have any lingering thoughts? Anything you want to add? I don't think so. I think... I think we covered it yeah. mostly. I know I did a lot of talking, but like Cole I said, has, Cole has the most like first-hand experience with uprooting his life, and obviously I did not uproot my life. I stayed, and you know, there's pros and cons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, do what's best for you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get out of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. It would have been a very easy choice to stay, and it's not that it would have been a bad choice. I just wanted to push myself to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah, a little bit. Because I knew that I have the ability to do so. Um, I just needed to, to get past it. that hurdle. Just do it. Yeah. So, um, yes, I'm trying to think about, is there anything else? I don't think so. Um, yeah. yeah I think if you'd like for us to make a checklist or something, we I can feel free to do that. I was thinking of the episode, maybe we make a little list. Yeah, some things, things. to do when applying for grad school. I think yeah. that would be helpful. It's a little late in the game, but considering it's still August, there's still a bunch of time before December rolls around. Yeah. So don't fret if you're worried about it. Um, your professors, your potential professors, are probably going to be a little less available to talk on the phone. Um, or they, they might be a little slow responding to emails because school is going to start soon. Starting. <laughs> so um, I would try to get in there as quick as you can to set a date. Not so soon, but be like, hey, can we chat in like a week or two for 10, 15 minutes? And I'm sure that they'll definitely be willing to do that. So um, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This is a very special episode. Yeah, we're um, We appreciate your patience with the surrounding noises. We yeah, are and we're outside. Among cool. nature um, <laughs> and dogs and motorcycles. So <laughs> sorry about that. I'm a fan. Um, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll try to dilute that. I'll figure it out. But um, yes. And we have one more episode coming. It's going to be a surprise, even to us. <laughs> but um, yeah. We hope you have a great rest of your day. And the rest and the rest of your summer. And the rest of your summer. School school's starting for me next week. I'm sure some of you are also starting next week. Yeah. So Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. <laughs>
So um, anyhow, thanks again for watching and tuning in if you're listening uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, or even YouTube. Um, We thank you so much, and we appreciate all the support and the the love that we're getting. So, yeah, great. Thanks, everybody.